Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hi everyone, I'm Sue Omenson. As a park district, we want to provide for our community recreation that promotes healthy minds. The impact of the pandemic has been especially difficult for the mental and emotional well-being of senior adults who have been isolated, have experienced loss, physical illness, or other stresses. Today, I'm happy to welcome as our guest, Dr. Sachin Balarao, a psychiatrist who specializes in geriatric psychiatry and is affiliated with Linden Oaks Behavioral Health. So from your perspective, how has the pandemic impacted the mental health of senior adults who previously were active in the community? Well, I've been dealing with geriatrics for, for 10 plus years, and, and I can tell you that this is probably one of the biggest crises that older adults are facing uh, in terms of their mental health. Uh, I have seen a lot of people who previously had no mental health issues who have presented either to the hospital or to the outpatient setting in very serious crisis. Mm. Uh, people who are previously very active and functioning and had great social lives, now who are developing depression, anxiety, uh, they, people who are now using substances like mm. alcohol mm-hmm. or abusing their prescription pain medicines, for example, um, or other prescription medicines. Uh, I've had people who have become uh, so depressed that they are, have become withdrawn and they stopped eating and at, at some points become so sick that they've developed psychotic symptoms. And so we're really seeing that people who were doing quite well have been impacted by the pandemic, specifically the social isolation mm-hmm. that the pandemic has caused. And um, they're really having a hard time figuring out how to adapt and how to move forward. And that, unfortunately, has closed them off to the rest of the world, and they've shut out their family, their friends, and they've just become more and more withdrawn. And the people that I worry about the most were those who were somewhat isolated to begin with Mm -hmm. prior to the pandemic, uh, but still functional. But uh, because of the social isolation, they've increasingly more withdrawn. They've not been able to go to their doctors. They're not socializing. They're not engaging. They've had to give up a lot of their uh, social activities and physical activities, such as going to the gym right, or Pilates right. or going biking. And uh, I had a, an older adult actually last week who came to me and was telling me that prior to the pandemic, they were very functional, very active, going bike riding, going for walks, going to church groups regularly. And when the pandemic started, they suddenly just morphed into a couch potato and just began watching Netflix continuously and just spending lots of time on the computer. And he was able to recognize that that's that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. That's not helping him physically. It's not helping him mentally. He gained weight. He had a a less less than ideal view of his self-image because Mm. he had gained weight. Uh, He was starting to feel more lonely and more anxious. And to his credit, he recognized that he needed more than just Netflix. He needed more than just looking at the computer and talking. And the first thing that he did was actually he discontinued his subscription to Netflix. Oh, interesting. And uh, got back on his bike and started biking again now that the weather is better. And that actually had a very significant positive impact on his mood. So um, I think think this this pandemic has really highlighted that Many of our seniors are in a very fragile state, mm-hmm. but 
with a combined effort, with a community effort, things can get better and people can be pulled out of this. It's, it's not inevitable and the situation is not hopeless. That's really good to hear. And especially because now the weather is good and a lot of people have been vaccinated. So we do have an opportunity to get out there again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I often tell my patients, whether it be young or old, that one of the keys to happiness is structure. Mm. There's an old saying in medicine that structure equals functioning and functioning equals structure. My thumb is shaped a certain way to do a certain job. If I were to injure my thumb such that it loses its shape, its functioning would be impaired. Mm -hmm. So you can apply the same principle to humans, particularly those that are dealing with any psychological issue. Those patients that have more structure to their day Mm. are going to function better and they're going to feel better. And they're going to be less likely to be impacted by uh, changes in the environment. And they're going to have less fluctuations in their mood and less anxiety. So a lot of people that I see in the office or in the hospital are those that had a lot of structure pre-pandemic. And then the pandemic came along and they lost all their structure. Mm -hmm. And they started just having too much free time. Mm -hmm. And too much free time can often lead to boredom. And boredom can often be a trigger. And those patients that I see that have been able to cope with this really well are those that had the most structure. I think also having a lot of socialization. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that you can reach out to, whether it be through Zoom or FaceTime or even phone calls. Mm-hmm. Having regular contact with people is one of the best antidepressants we have. So can you give me an example of structure of, say, someone who is having to go into quarantine again? Yes. So I think having a regular sleep schedule is critical. We know that sleep is directly correlated with mood Mm -hmm. as well as behavior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you're getting consistent sleep each night, at least six to eight hours is generally recommended. So having a set sleep schedule, getting up at a certain time, going to bed at a certain time, that I think is key. A lot of times people, they start to lose that sleep schedule. They either start staying up late and watching TV, or then they're sleeping in. You have to correct that. Because okay. that is a slippery slope. Yes. Because then that bleeds out into other areas of your life. Sure. Uh, so sleep is number one. Having a good diet mm-hmm. and eating regular healthy meals. A lot of people either started binging and overeating and gaining mm-hmm. weight. Other people stopped eating and started mm-hmm. losing weight. So having regular cooked meals, good nutrition is important. Having things to do every day is important. What are you going to be doing to fill your time, particularly if you've recently retired during the pandemic? Right. Uh, I have a lot of patients who were very high functioning, and then they retired either prior to the pandemic or during the pandemic, and they're kind of struggling as to what direction do they go. Mm -hmm. Finding activities that you can do on a daily basis, whether it be going for walks every day, Mm -hmm. whether it be learning something new, like a new language, whether it be contacting your neighbors who are older than you or more Mm -hmm. debilitated than you and checking in on them. Mm -hmm. So no one knows what it's like to be in your shoes except someone else who's been there. Mm -hmm. So if you know of people in your area or other family members that are struggling with social isolation or have more physical health issues than you, actually going in and checking on them or even giving giving them a phone call gives you a sense of purpose and gives you a sense of meaning and also gives you that structure that you're doing. Perhaps even adopting a pet can also give you a sense of purpose and meaning. Uh, the key is it's up to the individual to find what their structure is and what they, what they choose to do with their day. 
Um, when would you suggest that someone seek help from a mental health provider? It's a very good question. And, uh, you know, mental health is, is important. And I'm glad people are talking about mental health in, in society because when I was going through training, which wasn't that long ago, mental health was still something that you whispered about. Mm, right. And so it, it's so uh, rewarding for me as a mental health practitioner to actually hear people and uh, see uh, people in society in position of power talking about mental health because mental health is so important. Mm. And so what I usually tell people is that you have to take stock of your life. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, are you happy with where you are right now? Are you happy with who you are? Uh, if not, then you have to ask yourself, what can I do to, to improve that? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes people are able to, to do things within their own power, either changing their diet, changing their exercise regimen, maybe having more social contacts, things like that. But if they find that even when they make changes to their life that they're still not at the point where they want to be, mm -hmm. or if they're noticing or people around them are noticing that they're becoming more withdrawn, right. that they're starting to have changes in their behavior, that they seem to not enjoy things as much, that they're not enthusiastic. Uh, that those are all clues. Also, if people start talking about feeling like they're a burden, mm, or mm -hmm. telling their family members that they the family would be better off without them, mm. certainly those are big red flags that right. require more urgent treatment. And when we talk about geriatric depression specifically, there there are a few symptoms that that you'll see pretty classically. Okay. A lot of older adults with depression will start talking about feeling useless, mm -hmm. feeling like they don't have a purpose, mm -hmm. feeling like they're a burden, feeling hopeless. A lot of older adults will also have what's called anhedonia, where they start to lose interest mm -hmm. in previously pleasurable activities. Okay. So if you, as a family member, are noticing a loved one is, is giving up hobbies or activities that they, they used to love to do, if you notice that they're more sedentary, if you notice that they're sleeping more, if you notice that they're eating less than usual or losing weight, these are all things to, to, to be mindful of and to encourage your loved one to seek out mental health treatment, okay. either with their primary care doctor as a starting point or with a psychiatrist or a, a clinical therapist. You know, one of the challenges that I hear from a lot of my patients is that when they do actually recognize that they need mental health treatment and they want to actually take that next step forward, the challenge is we do have a shortage of mm. mental health providers in this country. There's always been a shortage of mental health providers, particularly psychiatrists, uh, but not only uh, as well as psychologists and clinical therapists. But the pandemic has only exacerbated that. Yes. And particularly within the field of geriatric psychiatry, there's only roughly 2,000 board-certified geriatric psychiatrists in the country. And unfortunately, a lot of psychiatrists are booked uh, for weeks, or if not months, or a lot of psychiatrists are no longer taking mm -hmm. patients. So a lot of patients and their families get very frustrated that they can't get the help that they want in a timely manner. And that often leads them to end up in the emergency room and right. patients end up hospitalized. So obviously part of my goal here with Linden Oaks is to uh, be a resource for the community. Mm -hmm. So uh, I am taking new patients in my practice and um, for any of your listeners out there that need mental health services, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. You know, one, one, reason, one thing I always tell patients and their families when they come to see me is that things do get better. People do get benefit from this treatment. We can help you, but obviously you have to take that first step and allow us to right. help you.
Well, during the pandemic, we've seen the importance of technology. Even at the Park District, we started virtual exercise programs, and we have one that is especially helpful for people who have Parkinson's, and they formed um, a kind of support group for each other with that. That's wonderful. That's that's very, very impressive. And technology, I think, is becoming more and more relevant, not only to society, but also to medical practice. Uh, a lot of most, if not all, psychiatric visits and and medical visits during the pandemic were uh, virtual. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's right. Yeah. That that has not changed, and that actually has allowed us as practitioners to have a window into the patients' lives and actually see where they live and how they function. And it also has allowed older adults to be able to continue with their medical treatment. Uh, because one of the challenges that we had when the f- pandemic first hit is that people stopped going to the hospital. They mm. stopped going to see their doctors. They stopped getting their strokes and the heart attacks treated. And they stopped taking all their medicines. And they just they felt cut off. And so having uh, telehealth available uh, has been a, a great benefit for a lot of older adults, particularly those that are homebound mm-hmm. and uh, even during non-pandemic times, getting out of the house can be a challenge. So using the phone or using virtual technology has been very beneficial. And and I would encourage some of your listeners who are not comfortable with technology to use this as an opportunity to learn more about technology, to, uh, to try to get familiar with either smartphones or iPads or computer tablets, because they can actually be very beneficial. You can actually allow it to communicate with your loved ones, through chat groups or through yeah. uh, FaceTime or virtual calls, uh, but it also can allow you to, to learn something new mm-hmm. that may actually spur interest into other avenues, maybe taking more computer classes, for example. Maybe uh, you can use that computer or that laptop to learn a new language or learn a new skill or, for as you mentioned, taking virtual classes, for example. Uh, So even though you can't go to your regular exercise group, you can still exercise at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that's huge. That's key. So what I tell people during this pandemic is that mindset is the key to get through hard times. Mm. How you look at a situation is going to impact how you feel. If you just look at the, the pandemic as as all negative, and uh, as something that has to be endured, then it's just going to be an unpleasant experience. However, if you look at it as an opportunity to learn, to grow, to be challenged, then it actually becomes something that can be enriching. And those seniors that, and even young adults too, those that have been able to weather this storm are those that have, uh, have been able to adapt the easiest and have actually been able to learn and enrich themselves and improve themselves, whether it be personally or professionally. So uh, that's what I try to tell my patients, and it's something that I believe myself. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to encourage your listeners to do is remember that the more disciplined we are, the more structured we are, the more that we view this as an opportunity to learn and grow, the easier things will be. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.